Episode 135 of DFS MVP. I'm holding Kushner, 4for4.com's DFS MVP, and our director of DFS, TJ Hernandez, here to tell us about this amazing, amazing piece of music that I've never heard of before. Intro from uh, Missy Elliott's 2002 album Under Construction featuring Ludacris, uh, Gossip Folks. That was one of my personal favorites. I don't know if it made it on the radio as a single. If it did, it was for a short time. But one of the classics from Missy Elliott, you could find that intro along with all of the other DFS MVP song intros on the DFS MVP Spotify playlist. Go to Spotify, search DFS MVP, and we will uh, you'll find all of the songs there. We need more Beastie Boys. Let's go. I think we could do that. Let's go. I, t- so- I take requests from everybody that co-hosts podcasts with me. Thank- well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> By the way, before I get to what is coming up on the show today, yeah, just wanted to let everybody know that TJ Hernandez unfollowed everybody. But oh man! Josh, but Josh Allen, man, that was the apocalypse today. He is trying to send a message for Josh Allen to follow him. He unfollowed all of us so that he could send his secret message to Josh Allen and how much he loves him. And through Twitter two weeks, it. your love is paying off. He's he's man, giving you love back. It's been, a, it's been a thing of beauty. I don't know about this week, buddy. <laughs> So we got week three plays and leverage and pivot plays this week. So mm-hmm. that's uh, what we got coming up. Leverage and pivot plays. I always enjoy this conversation that we have. Uh, sign up right now. What do we got going on here? DFS MVP, 25% off code. This is just, come on, get in already. TJ's just breaking it down every single week. You helped yeah, me man. out. My core plays big time last week, buddy. Yeah, we had a really good subscriber week last week. Uh, we had a user uh, bring home twenty grand. We had a couple other users uh, bring home a few k. Took down a couple GPPs. I took it down a GPP myself. That hey, was nice. yeah, it felt good. Um, so we we've been doing a lot of work. Obviously, if you haven't signed up yet, you don't have access to all the tools and to the content. But another thing that we added this year was our Discord channel. That's been really fun. I mean, there's there's so many things that like there's only so much you could cover in content there's only so much you can do by looking at tools by yourself um and then there's just there's a lot of nuance that goes especially gpps like we can tell you who the core plays are for cash gpps there, there's a lot of nuance i mean sometimes my player pool is is you know 50 60 players deep i can't cover every single one of those in, in a write-up and sometimes those aren't plays that i'm like necessarily comfortable recommending is like players you want like 25 percent of your lineup or something Thing. So uh, it's just a more dynamic experience in Discord. Late night on Saturday is when a lot of us ended up on on Aaron Jones. I added it to the uh, to the write up, uh, so everybody would wake up Sunday and see it. But sometimes people just read it when it comes out and don't read it again. So um, if you're in the Discord, you'll you'll get a lot of those. And uh, if you enjoy this, if you just enjoy uh, what we're doing in general, you can leave um, a a review on iTunes for the DFS MVP podcast um, every week. Uh, we take a five-star review, 
put it in a drawing and one lucky person uh, gets some nice four for four DFS MVP swag. This week, Matthew Kellogg left us a really nice review. So Matthew Kellogg, uh, hit me up on Twitter at TJ Hernandez. I'll get you uh, squared away with the details on how you can get that fresh four for four swag. All right, TJ, let's do this here. Yeah, man. Uh, Matthew Kellogg, congratulations. You're the winner. And for new listeners, we have a few of our core plays with their TJ's plays at each position for the main slate, followed by a theory segment. And we're going to get into that theory segment here in just a little bit. Let's start with our uh, core plays, though. If your boy is Josh Allen, then my boy is Kyler Murray. I love this guy. There's no reason for him to be $6,800 on DK this week. It's like $6,100 was a steal last week, and he's still a steal this week. We uh we said all off season uh or leading up to the season in the last couple of weeks, every week we're gonna have a decision. It's going to be to pay up for Lamar to be pay up for CMC. Well, one of those decisions is gone for the foreseeable future, and we don't even have Lamar Jackson on uh on the main slate this week. So it feels like uh it feels like old school DFS. Like we don't have a $10,000 running back. We don't have a, a $9,500 uh, quarterback to throw things for a loop. Uh, but I, I, it is interesting though with Lamar and Patrick Mahomes not on the main slate. Uh, one reason we haven't been wanting to pay up for Lamar is because we have so many other quarterback options right now, but now two of the premium quarterbacks off of this slate. So it, it kind of uh, puts even more value on these three or four top end guys. Uh, and like you said, Kyler Murray is like the top end play right now. 8,400 on Fandle, 6,800 on DraftKings. Uh, the 8,400 sounds like a lot on Fandle, but Fandle's pricing is just, uh, it's so much more wide open that it's easier to pay up for quarterback. On, on DraftKings, you have to do a lot more maneuvering uh, to even get to like a 7K quarterback. So still uh, a good value there. Uh, facing Detroit, a Detroit defense that um, they've obviously struggled against the past. We saw against uh, Aaron Rodgers. We saw them struggle against the run. Uh, they've allowed at least 21 Fanduel uh, points to quarterbacks in each of the first two weeks. And then the big thing with Murray is his rushing, right? Uh, nearly 60 yards uh, per game on the ground. He leads all quarterbacks in rushes. Uh, one thing that's really interesting about Kyler this week and that like not only just has a rushing floor, but gives him an insane rushing ceiling. We know that he has a passing ceiling because uh, Arizona is a big favorite with uh, with a huge implied point total at 30, but rushing ceiling. The Lions played man coverage on over three quarters of their uh, defensive snaps so far this year. So, I mean, what that does, just think about it. They're turning around, chasing receivers with their back to the line of scrimmage. You got a guy like Kyler Murray, what's he going to do? Then pull it down and run. So, I mean, this could be like a, a crazy upside rushing game for Kyler. Like he could, he might double his rushing total to, uh, in, in this game for the season. Oh, my God. He that might go for like so 120. Excited. He might go for like 120 on the ground this week. Please, please do that. Cam Newton, Mr. Yeah. Red Zone goal line running back himself. $7,700 FanDuel, $6,700 DraftKings taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. What do you like about Cam again? Uh, I mean, if you're over on DraftKings, like it's you're going to really need the $100 to go down from Kyler to Cam just because – uh, I mean, I, Kyler does, even though we saw Cam throw for almost 400 yards last week, I just think uh, in his situation against Detroit, Kyler's going to have a little bit more passing upside to go with his rushing. And he leads the league in 
rushing at quarterback. So, I mean, you can't argue that Cam has more rushing upside than him. But on FanDuel, he's $700 cheaper. So I think you have to take a really hard look there because $700 – um, that's that's a lot of money. Cam, the only other quarterback besides Kyler with at least 100 yards on the ground this season, like you said, he's he's the goal line back for um, for the Patriots. If they get it close, he's the best bet uh, to get it in. But the the upside that we see now is that we saw him throw for nearly 400 yards last week. So uh, there's only three teams this week uh, on the slate that have a higher implied total than the Patriots. Uh, the Raiders, I. I think this is probably a pretty big letdown spot for them. Big win against the States on Monday night. Now they have to travel to the East Coast to play uh, to play the Patriots. And I think this could be a spot where I think the Patriots are favored by six. But uh, I, I'm kind of – it's smelling like a blowout spot here for the Patriots. Wow. Blowout city. That's what yeah, you're calling man. here? Blowout spot. I think, I think so. All right. Running back. Now, these are the, I mean, I think it's Ezekiel Elliott, Kenyon Drake, mm-hmm. and then these two guys, and probably yeah. these two guys first Jonathan Taylor and Miles Sanders. Jonathan Taylor, 6,700 FanDuel, 7,000 DK, taking on the Jets. And then Sanders is going to be in that game against the Bengals. He's 7,400 FanDuel, 6,400 DK. Yep. Both sites uh, completely viable. Yeah, for sure. The The problem with Zeke this week is he's so expensive and we don't have a we don't have many players that we're going to be really comfortable completely punting to get all the way up to Zeke's super high price tag. Like right now, Jarek McKinnon is at the top of our, our value report, 4,900 on DraftKings. But now there's news coming out since projections came out and uh, since we started recording this that uh, Jeff Wilson might be getting the workload so i don't know if like jarek mckinnon's a guy that you're going to play in cash there are some uh super cheap wide receivers that could get you to zeke but like it's just how much are you going to trust kj hamler demir bird adam humphreys like they're okay plays but do you want to play them in cash i'm not sure so um i think we have a decision to make on zeke where jonathan taylor and miles sanders i don't think there's there's a decision it's it's i don't remember if i I talked about it here last week or on on another podcast but uh, when we have these like we can project running backs really well and really confidently uh and you and I were, were just talking before the, the podcast. The first thing you said, is it looks like there's going to be some really obvious chalk there, right? And it's like, okay. And I've made this mistake before where, you know, you can out-level yourself. But if that's the case, then let me play that obvious chalk and let me make, at least in cash games, and let someone else make the mistake, right? Even if they're like 60% owned in a double up or something, that still means 40% of the field is making a huge mistake by not playing these positions that are super like easy and, and we could confidently project them, even though our Chuck didn't do what they were supposed to last week. That's like a crazy bad outlier situation for a Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor and Miles Sanders, both in crazy good spots. Uh, Colts, I think the line is all the way up to like uh, minus 11 for the Colts now against Jets, who just are, might be the, the worst team in the league. Uh, Jonathan Taylor with in Marlon Mack's absence last week, he proved that he's uh, the workhorse. Forty-seven and a half percent of the Colts touches in week two. That was the sixth highest rate in the league. That's like a if you carry that out for the entire season, you're going to be top two or three in the league in terms of uh, in terms of total touch share. And then Miles Sanders on the other side, we saw uh, what happened with Cincinnati last week. 
against the the Browns on Thursday night. Browns just ran all over the Bengals. Uh, Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb both having huge games against them. Now Miles Sanders. What we were hoping would happen going into this year came to fruition last week. He is the bell cow in this offense. Saw 23 total touches, seven targets, which we're really excited about for uh, the floor. And then uh, Deshaun Jackson, he was iffy at practice. I think he was either uh, did not practice or a limited participant. Jalen Rager out for six to eight weeks. So one of the things that we loved about Sanders, we saw those seven targets last week. Thin at wide receiver for the Eagles. They're going to be trying to, uh, we've seen their offensive line struggle, so Wins is, is going to be trying to get it out quick. Even though they haven't thrown a lot of deep passes, still uh, I think that, that Miles Sanders and the Titans dominate targets this week against the Bengals, so that's obviously good for Sanders' upside. And then Cincinnati's defense is just bad all around, so it gives the entire Philly offense upside. And you want that, uh, you want that scoring upside. Miles Sanders is going to give that to you, uh, touchdown upside this week. All right, so that is the running back position. And let's move on to the wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Kyler Murray's number one target. We'll lead with him. 8,500 FanDuel, 7,900 DraftKings against the Lions. It is DeAndre Hopkins. He's not getting targeted really deep down the field, but he's he's getting targeted a ton. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I mean, now that... Uh, with Devontae out last week, it just made uh, DeAndre like leapfrog everybody in terms of total targets. Uh, actually, it trails Del- Darren Waller by a touch in terms of uh, total target share, but now we have DeAndre Hopkins as, as the number one uh, wide receiver target um, by a, a wide margin. I, I guess I spoke too soon the last couple of weeks and said like Devontae is going to be the Michael Thomas of this year. Um, maybe it's going to be DeAndre Hopkins. We know these lower body soft tissue injuries can linger, especially for pass catchers. So uh, hard to say what, what Devontae's availability is going to be. And he's not even on the main slate this week. So it's not a concern. We, we just have that consideration of you have that wide receiver, especially on DraftKings, that there's so much ahead of the field, so far ahead of the field in terms of uh, projected workload and, and, and target volume that you make that consideration. And do you want to, to pay all the way up? Uh, I talked about maybe not being able to get all the way up to Zeke. If we are, if you decide you don't want to do that, you have kind of affordable running backs and Jonathan Taylor and Miles Sanders, and you're looking for that pay up spot. Uh, it might be uh, DeAndre Hopkins, just a ton of upside in uh, again against this Detroit secondary and against this uh, Detroit uh, defense in general. It's just going to come down to, uh, I, and I guess if you're on DraftKings, I guess this is where the decision can be whether you you want to pay down $100 for Cam Newton. The time it would make sense is if you are playing DeAndre Hopkins and you aren't somebody that wants to stack in cash. If you want to like limit that risk, then it would make sense where you prefer DeAndre Hopkins and maybe you play Cam Newton over Murray uh, for just $100 left on, on DK. All right, we got Terry McLaurin, 6,700 on FanDuel, 5,900 on DK. That's at Cleveland. And also just get to the guy that saved my cash lineups. I cashed solely because this guy, a a late swap. It it wasn't a late swap. It was right before lock. Deontay Johnson, 6,300 FanDuel, 5,400 DraftKings. Take it on Houston. Big Ben loves this dude. Yeah, the I mean, these are the guys that I chose this week um, because there just isn't a lot of agreement in terms of price and value between FanDuel and DraftKings. Like the the values are wildly different between the two sites, and these are really the only three guys that pop on all three sites. There there are 
good values on DraftKings. I mentioned like those super cheap guys like the KJ Hamler that they're going to make things work, but they have like a legit zero fantasy point floor. Um, and then after these guys, I'll mention the other ones, but Terry McLaurin, just a, a player that he's in a Washington offense that's going to have a extremely concentrated target share and it's it's not only the guys with a huge target share i love that but even more so i like the uh the offenses where the targets are concentrated between just one or two players because it's you're not you're very rarely going to have those like ancillary players that that pop up and and steal like five or six unexpected targets from your number one the, and that's what washington is super concentrated terry mclaurin and logan thomas uh combining for about uh 55 percent of the total targets with an even split between the two so you're looking at like a 27 percent target share uh for terry mclaurin he's he's the upside player he's going to get the volume and then they're going to stretch it down the field with them he could uh he could pay off in one play like he did last week and the uh the washington football team is going expected to be in a pretty big negative game script the browns are big favorites i think it's at about six and a half points right now uh so if that game script comes into fruition then terry mclaurin could see an increased target share and deontay johnson versus houston uh man i i was wrong about this situation i thought i liked deontay but i didn't think he was going to pull away as the clear wide receiver one it's not a situation where it's like he's leading juju by one or two targets per game or or he scored the touchdown and juju hasn't and it's going to even out like deontay johnson third highest target share in the league uh, and his the targets he's getting are the big play targets he's getting deep targets where juju's just his juju's average depth of target is under five yards uh so if we're like looking at this situation deontay johnson he is a true number one wide receiver in terms of volume through two weeks is it going to uh maintain that big of a gap i'm not sure but even if he drops down to like a 25 percent target share which is still borderline elite status 6300 on fanduel 5400 on DraftKings. it just doesn't count uh for for the potential volume against uh a houston team that has come out of the gates really slow and i i don't know that they uh that they write the ship this week so deontay's a, a fantastic value still I'm, I'm really surprised that it made sense that his price didn't go up week two because he was on the monday night game in week one uh his his price like jumped off the page when i saw it on both sides this week the fact that it's still this low is is really surprising uh juju 14 targets deontay johnson 23 targets this Man, season crazy uh one last thing on wide receivers uh last week we were like we said to start uh the 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 dallas receivers and the atlanta receivers that obviously paid off the the big tournaments um had huge game stacks with with players from both teams uh looks like we have a similar situation in seattle and, and dallas this week so i didn't mention them as values because uh lockett and and dk um are kind of they're separate in terms of like who's higher value between Fanduel and DraftKings, but they have another concentrated passing attack on the other side dallas has tons of weapons that could go off seattle's really struggled against the slot so it suggests a cd lamb game so i we usually don't give six receivers but uh i i, I don't think we'd be doing our job if we didn't mention that we should be heavily targeting just that game in general and, and trying to get uh, pass catchers from that game into our lineups i would be perfectly fine with a cash lineup of DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, and CD Lamb. Yeah, I I'd I be think happy with you that. uh 
I, I think that's that that's gonna look really really close to what my builds are. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, and listen, things can change a whole bunch as sure, the week goes sure. on. We got injuries going everywhere, but mm -hmm. I mean, I have I would have no problem with that. Not having no, that, that's uh, yeah. that's looking like pretty close to an optimal build this week. Yeah, you, I mean, you could do that. You throw Kyler in there and. I think, yeah, like C.D. Lamb is the preferred play for me, not just because the salary, but mm -hmm. the Seahawks have allowed the most yards and targets and receptions to the slot receivers. Yep, exactly. I mean, exactly. They're just, <laughs> they're, they're getting crushed. He's, do you think he's their best, like, real-life wide receiver yet? Uh, I think he still, I think has a little time to, to leapfrog Amari. I mean, I, I, this, I still think this is a situation. I, I just talked about this on the move the line podcast. One thing that I, I think one of the biggest mistakes specifically at this time of year, two to three weeks in is we think we have information that is gospel. Uh, we only have two data points and we did a ton of research in the off season and, and people throw out that off season research really quickly. And yes, we do want to use our new information to make more informed decisions. But one thing that we expected going into this season is that there's going to be a lot of fluctuation between who's dominating in this receiver core. And we still haven't seen Gallup have his game. So I'm I'm still of the thought that uh, there's going to be a lot of value in targeting the not popular wide receiver uh, on Dallas for for the entire year. All right, very nice. But, Gallup. but for, with all that being said, I'm I'm on CD this week because of the reasons you stated. I mean, Gallup's still getting air yards. It just doesn't seem like right. they've been on target. So yeah, who the yeah. hell knows? You don't you don't out target. Um, Amari uh, for the whole season last year, or at least on a per game basis, and not be good. There, they have three damn good wide receivers. So I'm just gonna throw another name out in the tight ends. Yeah. Um, if Doyle is out again, Mo Ali Cox is firmly in play, isn't he? Sure, he's in okay. play. Uh, it's it's just we have uh, I know we have a lot of player. We have a lot of value at, at tight end this week. Like you're you're gonna have to plant your flag, and um, you know. T.Y. Hilton, uh, Michael Pittman still there, so I don't. I, and you're, they're still going to be giving a lot of the work to Jonathan Taylor. Um, so yes, Moe Cox definitely in play. Uh, not as confident in him as some other guys that are similarly priced. Yep, like Logan Thomas, you have him here, forty nine hundred Fanduel, thirty seven hundred DraftKings. If he keeps getting the volume that he's getting, seventeen targets in two games. Yep. If he keeps getting this volume, then say goodbye. Like, there's no way he's going to be in the 4,000s in FanDuel ever again, and he's no way he's going to be in the 3,000s on DraftKings again. You do it three times, then they'll start to notice, I guess. Yeah, there was there were two players who I was I raised my eyebrows because their um their prices didn't spike. I already mentioned Deontay was the first one. Logan Thomas, his price only went up five hundred dollars on FanDuel. I don't remember. It was I think it was twenty nine hundred on DK last week. I don't have it in front of me. So eight hundred dollars spike is significant, but it's still low enough where he's really far from that expensive tier. But like I mentioned with McLaurin, uh, the the target share is very concentrated between those two guys. So I don't need to repeat what I. Said said about uh, McLaurin in this offense but if you're getting that kind of volume in, in uh, Cleveland we saw we saw Cincinnati target their uh, tight ends very heavily against Cleveland last week so I would expect that Washington does the same thing because they're already targeting Logan Thomas at a high rate uh, at that price um, on both sites I, I just don't know that Without the elite tight ends on the slate, we got Kelsey on. Uh, we got Kelsey and Andrews on Monday night. We don't know if Kittle's going to play. It's just like, why would you not pay down at tight end this week and and, and take the cheap volume? Hmm. All right, then if you want to pay up a little bit, uh, 
Justin Herbert seems like Hunter Henry. 6K yeah. FanDuel, 4,800 DraftKings. Uh, Hunter Henry, uh, top uh, top five in target share at his position, top six in uh, air yards share at his position. Carolina is a a defense that we want to attack. This this game's really interesting in general. So I, I picked Henry specifically because Titan is wide open and and I think you can uh, you can just kind of take the guy you want. All the the prices are jammed pretty close together. We we had Zach Ertz, Johnny Smith, uh, Dallas Goddard. Like everybody's kind of within like five to six hundred dollars of each other depending on what site you're looking at i just picked hunter henry here because i wanted to specifically highlight the chargers against the panthers because the panthers are a team that you want to be targeting they're a really it's a really unique situation because if if you look at all the players i like this week i'm i'm gonna have like I like mike williams and like keenan allen i like hunter henry and i like both running backs but i don't like stacking the team as a whole um i don't know that the chargers are going to like drop 35 on carolina i just don't think they're they're a good enough offense with uh either quarterback to be that team but they have three pass catchers in henry keenan allen and mike williams that are getting pretty much all of the air yards and then what looks like a close to even split in the backfield, but a backfield that is insanely productive. Two guys that are really good. One had 23, one had 20 touches last week. All these guys are liable to go off. I just don't know that this is a team that you want to be playing multiple guys at the same time. So even though I like all of them, I don't really want to stack them. I just want to take them and use them as uh, single pieces in other stacks, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Defense, you want to pay up a little bit. Go uh, Colts on FanDuel 4,800. 4,100 on DK against the Jets. Target the bad teams, the teams that turn the ball over. Cincinnati, go against them. Eagles, 4,500 uh, FanDuel, 2,800 on DraftKings. They're going to be very popular on DraftKings. This yeah, week. it's crazy. We have uh, we have a lot of options this week at defense. We have uh, a 10, 10 or 11-point favorite, depending on where you look from the Colts. You got the Cleveland favored by seven. You have three other teams favored by at least six. Uh, so it's, I mean, there's going to be a lot of splitting hairs here. Uh, I highlighted the Colts for exactly the reason you said, like they're a little bit of expensive. It's, it's easier to pay up on Fandle than it is on DraftKings, but targeting the Jets, targeting the, the worst team in the league, targeting the biggest line of the week, um, targeting uh just bad play all around from the opposite team you're you're gonna put yourself in a really good situation colts getting pressure at a pretty high rate so that's a spot that you want to pay up for and then i only put the eagles here specifically for the reason you said they're not a humongous favorite there's a six point favorite like i mentioned three other teams with higher uh point spreads this week but 4,500 on Fandle, that makes sense. 2,800 on DraftKings makes no sense at all. They're um, egregiously priced. I don't know what went into the pricing this week, but uh, that's you almost never see a team favored favored by more than three even, priced below $3,000 on DraftKings. Uh, Cincinnati's O-line is still very bad. Um, the Eagles' defense isn't necessarily like one that you expect to just put up a ton of fantasy points, but in this situation, you can definitely see it as big favorites against this O-line, against a rookie quarterback. So, yeah, they're going to be insanely popular, but uh, I just don't know how you get away from that, at least in cash games. 
All right, man. That's a uh, good rundown there. I like it. It's time for our theory segment. Mm -hmm. And today it's going to be on leverage and pivot plays. Um, leverage plays on Discord. What You guys are in Discord all the time, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, it's, it's part of the reason I wanted to, to talk about it this week. Well, I mean, a couple of reasons, but uh, I, I talked about it in the the weekly review that we do, um, that I do every week on 4 for 4, where I, I recap the winners from the FanDuel Sunday Million and the DraftKings Millionaire. And the big theme of it, this week was a leverage was leverage plays because the biggest play of the week the only way you were sniffing uh, a top one percent finish in tournaments was by rostering aaron jones and like i said we've been talking in discord and for some reason it just it it didn't register sometimes on wednesdays when i'm creating content and editing there's just things that you look over step back for you know, a day or two, start building lineups and then come, come at it with fresh eyes. And it was just like staring at me in the face. Devonte Adams is going to be the most popular player of the week. He's a wide receiver. So that's just volatile because wide receiver, if they don't score a touchdown, like they're not going to hit tournament volume without a touchdown where a running back, they can see 25 or 30 touches. So they can still have huge games, even if they only score once. So I, I went to Discord and just let everyone know, hey, this I'm doing this and I'm doing this a lot, um, and it uh, it obviously worked out. It doesn't always work out that way, but um, it it was uh, it was a good thing that came up, and the reason I wanted to discuss leverage uh, this week. So for those that aren't familiar, I mean, when, when we're talking about a leverage play, we're basically talking about two things. So we're talking about um, a, a player that's opposite a popular offense so uh th that's like a correlation play so one uh, uh, easy example is if if you have a very popular quarterback um look at the other side and if the quarterback he's facing is uh has an upside like you can't just blindly do this you don't want to do, do this with a, a bad offense but uh an offense that's decent but an unpopular quarterback you're going to leverage the field because everybody's going to be on I don't know, whatever Aaron Rodgers side of it. And then if you're on the, uh, the Kirk Cousins side of it, that's probably not a good example this year, but, but I think you get the, you get the point. Um, then you're going to leapfrog a lot of people in the standings. If, even if they're just close to, to each other and scoring. Um, and then another example of a leverage play is just the, the one we talked about, uh, that happened last week with Aaron Jones. If you have a teammate at a different position or, or a different side of the offense, that's going to be the chalk play, then, uh, then go to the other side of it. So Devontae Adams is a popular receiver and I like doing it receiver to running back, not running back to wide receiver as much just because what running backs are easier to project wide receivers are harder to project. So if the wide receiver is the popular one, I, I like going to the, uh, to, to the running back or, um, or if it's just a popular quarterback, like gaining some leverage, maybe by adding the running back. Uh, so that's a, it's a good way to like make, um, just make some differentiation off of super chalky plays. We have the pivot plays. Yeah. Well, before we get into the pivot plays, you want you want some examples of some. I would love examples. I, right, I'm just right, like, right. <laughs> let, let me just let's just be completely honest here. TJ takes like forever. He he writes out the most detailed outline. <laughs> like I've been in major market and national radio and producers. Producers don't even give me lists like this. That's how <laughs> well, detailed this is. I can't follow the damn thing, though. I get I get so like caught up in the next thing and the next thing. Yes, I would love some examples yeah. here, like the Cardinals. 
Yes. Uh, so uh, <laughs> the right now on four for four every week we do uh, we do ownership projections and one thing a, a lot of people look at the individual ownership right like like I said we knew Devontae was going to be popular last week um, you often know which quarterbacks are going to be most popular one thing I like to look at is what we have on four for four we have cumulative ownership uh, so we have Cardinals overall they're projected for. Uh, 58% overall ownership. That just means that if you take all the players that we projected this week, uh, and this is Wednesday night, so liable to change by Saturday or Sunday, um, that they are uh, they're the fifth most popular offense in terms of projections. A really good example of a leverage play is to look at Detroit. 26% projected ownership all the way near the bottom. This is a game with a high over-under, with a spread that's not insanely huge, and then a Cardinals team that they haven't given up a ton of fantasy points, but they played an underperforming San Francisco offense that didn't have their best weapon in George Kittle for most of the game in Week 1, and then a Washington offense that is playing fast-paced, but they're not efficient, they're not good, they have a quarterback that isn't really uh, putting the ball on any players outside of Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin, or putting an offense into the position to score big. Detroit, we saw how efficient they were last year. We know they could score points quickly, even without... Uh, Kenny Galladay. They have Marvin Jones. They have T.J. Hawkinson. Players that could get down the field and stretch it. So that's a really good example of a leverage play. Um, a couple more, like another obvious one, going back to what we saw, uh, what we saw last week. Devontae Adams had this crazy high projected ownership. Everybody that played Aaron Jones, who was in fewer than ten percent of lineups, benefited. This week we have two examples that really stand out to me. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, both projected for 15 to 20% ownership. That's top five at the position. If those guys are going to be insanely popular, and then you look at Chris Carson, who's projected to be in fewer, 10%, fewer than 10% of lineups, if touchdown, which is a super high variance thing, goes to Chris Carson, all of a sudden you're leapfrogging all of these people that we talked about targeting the passing game. Obviously they're great core plays, but if they don't have huge games and you're on the rushing side of things, you benefit. Another one that's really obvious, Deontay Johnson. Maybe the most popular wide receiver come Sunday. Right now we have him as a top five receiver, but he's cheap enough where he could climb to the top of ownership. We just saw James Conner kind of relinquish that uh, bell cow spot. Steelers, big favorites against the Texans. Not a lot of people are going to be on the rushing game. If Deontay doesn't go off and James Conner does, you're, you're, uh, you're jumping a ton of people in on the field. All right, now we can do pivot plays. Sure. I love pivot um, plays. Seriously. They're fun. Love yeah. the pivot. Um, what they, they're just low-owned players that are somebody you pivot to. It's right. very, very tough to de- for me to describe this, TJ, because all uh, you're doing is pivoting. How do you describe pivoting? Just taking another player at the same price. Yeah, the same price point is what we're looking at. So, so finding a player that is projected for really high ownership or that you think is going to have really high ownership and looking at – players that are priced around him that you think have similar upside. So um, there's a, a few reasons to do this. Uh, one reason or one one uh, 
way this might be a strategy, a dominant strategy is it keeps your player pool small. So if you're someone that like that plays only three max or only plays like a few single entries a week, you're not playing 150 lineups. You can't have a player pool of 70 players, even if there are that many players you like, right? Like it's just, it's going to be hard to build lineups with only three lineups, but that many players you like, you're going to spend all night pulling your hair out because you want this guy here. You want to match this guy here. If you have an optimal lineup, say it's Derrick Henry last week, you look around. I don't. Maybe Alvin Kamara is in a in a good but not great spot, but he's not going to be very popular. You can have that quote unquote optimal build. You think, and all you have to do, pivot from Derrick Henry to Alvin Kamara, and all of a sudden you have a very uh, unique lineup, and not just unique lineup, but a unique lineup build, right? So if everybody's paying up for for running backs, it's going to be hard to be unique with your other players because if they're paying up for running backs, they're going to be looking for cheap wide receivers, cheap pass catchers to uh, to accommodate those guys. So there's a good chance you're going to land on some similar players. So without completely changing the the structure of your lineup, you can get uh, you can get unique by just going for um, for that that unique um, uh, pivot. And and on the flip side of it, it works really well well for unique pricing tiers. Like a lot of times we'll only have one guy say, I don't know, like maybe there's only one punt play that people are really on a, a cheap $3,500 wide receiver. Uh, that will be a unique pricing tier that week, but nobody's going to be looking at the other players at that, uh, at that pricing tier. So it's kind of the same concept as the high end guy, but uh, just players that people aren't even going to be thinking of. So it, it it lets you um it just lets you be different without completely overhauling a lineup and having to start from scratch so any high-end wide receiver running back at this point how about calvin ridley i love calvin ridley who's his pivots this week uh i i love calvin ridley too but uh right now we have we're not sure if Julio Jones is going to play. So when we projected ownership today, we projected it with it in mind because you have to understand what we're doing with ownership projections. We're, we're releasing them Wednesday so that people can enter Thursday lineups confidently with the best information possible. After that game's over, that there's a new slate, and then we get as much information as we can before Sunday. So on Wednesday, I'm trying to project with the best information for us to build a Thursday lineup. Um, so with the uncertainty of Julio playing, we have Calvin really projected as the highest owned wide receiver for good reason. He's he's been balling and balling in a really uh, good uh, high pass volume offense. But like we saw with Devontae last week, you have players who at wide receiver who it's just volatile. Like you can't confidently project what a wide receiver is going to do. Like you can a running back. So I look around at Calvin Ridley and say, who's priced similar to him that has similar upside, regardless of situation and two players that really stand out. Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen. We briefly touched on the bills. The bills, the most efficient passing attack, uh, arguably the most efficient, maybe behind Seahawks in the league right now, um, with super concentrated targets between Stefan Diggs and John Brown. So Calvin Ridley, uh, Probably going to be in 30, 35% of lineups if Julio doesn't play. Stephon Diggs maybe in fewer than 10% of lineups. Adam Thielen, 
the only guy getting deep targets, 18-yard average depth of target, which we're looking for when it comes to target upside, uh, getting a huge target share, and going to be in a spot where the Vikings, their defense is bad. They're playing Tennessee, who uh, is playing well. They could be in a must-throw situation. Adam Th- Adam Thielen priced really civil- similar to Calvin Ridley. So that's a really good example of a high-end player uh, that's a price pivot. And you said almost any high-end running back or wide receiver. The reason I like to price pivot more f- with high-end guys is because running backs, wide receivers, they're high-end or, or, or expensive players because they're the best in the league at their position. They're going to get the most targets. They're going to get the most carries, the most touches. And those players are the players that are going to be not only game script independent, but a lot of times matchup proof. So if you have a Derrick Henry who is coming off a bad game like he is this week, who people aren't going to want to play because he busted as the chalk last week that and then you have a Zeke who's going to be a popular play because he was good last week not great but he's in another really good spot but Zeke's going to be in twice as many lineups as Derrick Henry Derrick Henry is going to get 25 touches he could get 30 touches get that at low ownership when you can anything else you want to get to I got a couple of discussion points if you got time yeah, look, before we do that, I mean, one reason I really like these these pivot plays mm-hmm. is with leverage, and you said you love them too, with leverage plays, we need the other player that we're trying to leverage off against to be bad, right? If you play Aaron Jones and he scores 30 points, but Devontae also scores 30 points, you didn't, like, nothing changed against the field, right? You got him at a little bit at lower ownership, but that same team that people were targeting, their Devontae still went off. The thing I like about pivot plays, and it also changed the whole outlook of your of your lineup, because if you play Aaron Jones instead of Vontae, now you're shuffling around everything. The thing I like about pivot plays, you don't need the player you're pivoting off necessarily to do bad. A perfect example last week was Jonathan Taylor and Miles Sanders. They were priced almost exactly the same. Taylor scored one more point, but you're getting way lower ownership on him and your lineups now unique even though you only changed one player didn't change your point projection didn't change your point outcome but you got like a third of the ownership so that's why i like um, pivot plays a lot so i got a pivot play off of miles sanders that i wanted to bounce off you yeah let's look don't at be it. kind feel free to speak honestly and the truth i'm in the circle of trust here with you chris carson 45 percent uh, snaps in week one he's up to 63 percent last week Carlos Hyde's just at 24%. All three of his touchdowns coming through the year. He's been targeted nine times, nine times. He has not fumbled yet. And he's in a game that should see tons and tons and tons of scoring. So thoughts on Chris Carson? Uh, That is the, the quintessential leverage win a tournament play. Uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, like I mentioned, they're going to have insanely high ownership. Uh, People are, not only going to not want to pay seventy seven hundred dollars for Chris seventy seven hundred on Fanduel when you could get a Derrick Henry for five hundred more when you could get a Nick Chubb in a crazy good spot at basically the same price. Uh, Miles Sanders, like you said, three hundred dollar price pivot on Fanduel. I think what did you say a hundred dollar pivot on DraftKings? Uh, uh, two hundred. Two hundred dollar pivot on DraftKings, and the Seattle Dallas game is a game that 
is going to be insanely high scoring. And when people think shootouts, they always think the passing games. But if a team's moving the ball crazy efficient, that means they're getting close to the goal line a lot. Um, some people, I think, are going to look at the fact that uh, you know Carlos Hyde is getting uh, a little bit of the work, uh, enough of the work to make you worry about Chris Carson and and not like they're going to want to get the workhorse 25 touch guy instead but in a gpp like that's what we're looking for so right now we have chris carson projected for under 10 percent ownership i think he's he's like the perfect tournament play this week the perfect tournament play okay uh, i'm glad i brought it up then i feel so so validated now the next one would be the backfield for the Chargers. so this is obviously mm-hmm. just strictly gpp maybe yep. you want to throw them both in the backfield because they could both destroy this week just yes. crush them. What did Kelly? Kelly had 23 carries. He out-touched Eckler last week. That yep. was just wild. Um, Are you asking if I like them or which no, one? No, yeah, like? just what your thoughts are. What are your thoughts on Eckler? What are your thoughts on Kelly? Do you avoid this backfield? Are you all over it? What is I it? am, like I talked about with their pass catchers, it's kind of the same thing with their backfield. Um, This offense is one that they're in a really good spot against Carolina. It just... I I think this is an offense that even though Carolina is bad, I can see the Chargers like they still win by a lot, but they win like a 27 to 10 game. So there just isn't a ton of situations where two or three players are going to get multiple touchdowns in the same game. I don't think this is an offense that's going to drop a 40 or a 50 spot on anybody. So, I mean, we have Eckler right now projected for 10 to 15 percent ownership on uh both sites with uh kelly projected for five to seven percent i think by the time sunday rolls around there i i might adjust it to where they're projected for the same exact ownership um i'm probably going to lean eckler just because it it feels like, and maybe this is us being in a Twitter bubble, it feels like the public is gaining steam on on uh, on Kelly. So I want to go against that. Uh, so if we end up with like equal projected ownership on them, I think that probably means that there's a chance that uh, it's like an inefficiency. And I think I want the Eckler side. I'm not playing... I don't think I'm playing any Chargers together, but I I have Eckler and uh, Kelly as GPP targets, and I want them both in different lineups. You know, the other thing I'd say about this, uh, I don't know. Well, let, let me just bring up the last guy then. Allen Robinson. He's fifth in air yards. He's only getting 26% of the targets over there with Chicago, and Mitchell Trubisky is still his quarterback, and everybody thinks, hey, Allen Robinson's a great matchup. We love Allen Robinson. Um, first of all, is he in a great matchup? And B, do you love Allen Robinson? I, f- I, f- I feel like you hacked into my my write-up and and uh, didn't tell me how you got into it. Uh, We've been working for I, three years I, together. I haven't, I, I know I, haven't pu- I haven't published this thing yet, and, and people are going to think, like, you're, you're just – we set this up for me right, to don't agree answer. with you. Don't and we answer. didn't. I had no idea that you were going to say any of these guys. Uh, Allen Robinson – uh, he's averaging nine targets per game. You mentioned the air yards. He just hasn't had a big day yet. If you look at something like fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, which I specifically against wide receivers, I think it's a really bad stat to look at. Um, Atlanta's already 
they've only allowed one touchdown to wide receivers, so it doesn't look like they've allowed a ton of fantasy points, but they've allowed five touchdowns through the air, and they've allowed four wide receivers in two games to go over 90 yards. Just none of those wide receivers were able to tack on a multi-touchdown game. So Allen Robinson, I think he puts up the uh, he puts up the Terry McLaurin line this week. People were off Terry a little bit last week because he had a ho-hum week one, even though his target share was up there. Ended up with, I think, a 7-125-1 line. Uh, I like that kind of line for Allen Robinson this week. If you're on DraftKings, that puts you uh, at 19 points with the catches, 22 with a bonus, 28 points, DraftKings points for Allen Robinson. That's tournament winning right there. Okay, very good. I did not. Uh, no, I know. It's, it seems like you did. Well, we've been working together. You're the one th- that unfollowed all of my Twitter people. Yeah, right. <laughs> we've been working together for three years, and now it's I'm actually full-time into this, into DFS and sports yeah, betting. So, I mean, I talked to you about this. Hey, how do you dig up stats Monday morning? You're like, it's not easy. I said, yep, it's not easy. No, nah, but I <laughs> it mean. It takes a while, but. That's it's it. through the research process. It's. Yeah. We're looking for unrecognized opportunity that people are ignoring. Uh, it sounds simple. It's it's not always simple, but um, sometimes it is that simple. And, like, those are the situations we're looking for, and those are all fantastic situations this week. Yeah, I think Jarek McKinnon is going to be a big decision. And um, I just – I think it's going to be impossible to convince me to play Mike Davis and Deion Lewis in cash. I, right. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Um Though all all of those cheap running back options this week are uh, they're tough they're tough sells. I just think there's so much value you can get a good player at every single position. Yeah, you, you yeah. really can. Yep, definitely. All right, what do we got going on here before we sign off? Any reminders about uh, rating and reviewing and such? Yeah, for sure. Uh, again, if if you want to rep the four for four brand, you could do so uh, by going on iTunes, leaving us a five star review every week. We're going to pick one of the reviews and, and have a little drawing and hook you up with some DFS MVP swag. If you haven't signed up yet for the four for four sub and end up one of those people that are winning $20,000 in a weekend, uh, do so 25 percent off with the promo code DFS MVP. Can't stress it enough. Uh, obviously, the content's great. The tools are great. The Discord edition that you get with the DFS MVP sub has been, uh, I think it's invaluable, man. I I hop in anytime I, I have something that uh, seems like an epiphany, throw it in there, make sure I'm, I'm reminding all the users. But the users are giving me ideas too. I mean, we have some really, really smart subscribers uh, and, and they're talking about lineup combinations. They're thinking about, they're giving me ideas that when I'm, you know, nose in the research and, you know, sometimes you can't see the forest through the trees type of deal. Uh, they help me step back. So it's, it's fun. Uh, chat with, uh, with me and all the other DFS guys and maybe Holden will hop in there every now and then, uh, and get on there. It's fun. Uh, if you want to just see our tweets, you can do that too. Uh, Holden at Holden radio, myself at TJ Hernandez, of course, four for four at four for four football. Uh, that's it for week three. Win some money. We'll see you guys in week four. Yeah.